right. Well, listen, I mean, I, I wanted to have this conversation because as I was explaining to Rob, there's certain, you know, as we talk about, you know, we throw these, these channels, uh, you know, and we post these threads and we have these discussions day in and day out from, you know, all, all across the ponds, right. You know, from all over the world, we'll try to, you know, flag stories and, you know, given that I'm over here in Florida, I'm still waving the flag. I'm still writing representatives in my state here in, you know, different various states in, in Florida, Wisconsin, Kentucky, California. And, you know, but look, this is a big animal out here, right? It works very differently to how the UK works. And then, you know, when I'm, I'm posting stuff from UK citizen to get involved with the CBDCs and, you know, WEEF and responding, you know, to our MPs that way, um, you know, I kind of wave both flags. I don't know if you guys can hear these crazy planes. I live by an Air Force, but this is ridiculous. It is getting far more worse. Um, and many times, I, I, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of grasp all the aspects of what's happening on the ground in the U.S., um, you know, just, and, and uh, just because of, of all the things that are happening everywhere, right? And a few months ago, I started noticing in one of the investment groups that Rob and I are in, his posts. And his posts just like, you know, just were on the spot on every time. Um, so, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm reading into the election fraud, Pfizer, et cetera, you know, pharma fraud um, across the board. And this, you know, reoccurring theme of the great awakening of, of people kind of coming back into uh, their sovereignty and, you know, empower, being empowered. Um, and, and Rob's post really got to me. So I reached out to him um, and I find he'll have a lot, uh, you know, very fascinating things to say. Rob, can you just say hi so we can test your sound? Hello, everyone. Yay, you're here. <laughs> Yeah, I was well, trying to show I'm glad, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. Yes. Well, so I, I, I was before we got on this call, guys. Rob and I were talking. Um, he was an early investor in Link Two. I was an early investor in the Link Two, and you know, I was kind of asking him about you know how he found XRP and you know Ripple and. Um, it's amazing how one rabbit hole kind of leads you to another. And then you know, the more you research, the more you can find things. Um, so that's, that's how we got acquainted. Rob, how do you feel uh, about, you know, what's happening in the world right now? Well, um, shell shocked and extraordinarily happy at the same time. It's the weirdest combination of the feelings in the world because it's almost as if the, 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 the lie has, been exposed. The whole world's starting to wake up and say, wait a minute, what the hell's going on? There, none of this makes sense. At a point in time where there's so much chaos and so much destruction and so much collapse and so much, you know, obviously no one takes joy in that. But uh, it's kind of the Chinese symbol sort of, you know, chaos and opportunity or at the same time, you know, the, the hand in glove, it's, it's, the mask is coming off and the and the chaos is everywhere, but the people are waking up and we outnumber them. And it's a point in time where I never in my life could ever dreamed being alive. But you have to start with the fact that every single thing we've learned our entire life has been a lie. 
And once we can get to that point and then we start trying to unwind things and reverse engineer the why behind everything, that's when answers start popping up. And that's when people start coming together and we start understanding why they had to keep us divided in order to conquer us. And it's just, it's it's an exhilarating time to be alive. Yeah. And channel, we talk about the two narratives, you know, there's the narrative the media gives, you know, that you can connect the dots with links and what the mainstream media says. And then there's this narrative that's kind of happening outside, you know, in and around what is being published. And like you were saying earlier, Rob, you know, the words mean things and people, there's a, a, a various play on words that's happening in the media. I mean, take XRP, for example. We were just talking about this. Some people fe- still fear and see this as the, the banker's coin, the central bank programmable money coin. Can you share your thoughts on that? Sure, sure. Um, so that people will kind of have an idea of a little bit about where I'm coming from. Uh, first of all, my... I've got a management information systems, computer science background as, a, as my degree in college. Um, I was an Air Force instructor pilot. Um, I was, you know, top secret military clearances. I was flew in the Middle East Gulf War, the first one. Um, flew for a major airline until the airline industry had a little trouble and I got furloughed. So I went to Merrill Lynch. Uh, I've been in the investment banking world with all the licenses. I've been in the mortgage banking world. Uh, my wife and I have owned a company for 20 years where we do strategic business development. So the only reason I bring all that back is that I just feel so blessed that I have, you know, a passion for technology, banking, politics, military operations, uh, financial investment markets, leadership strategy development, and, and, and just a huge student of world events, geopolitics, if you will. So that's just a little bit about back, about me. So when I begin to speak and, and, and say maybe what some may think are outlandish things to say, please understand at least that's my background and it's, it's one man's opinion. It's coming from my perspective. But DLT or distributed ledger technology is basically the premise in my mind. It is the secret potion that destroys central banking. It blows the heart up. It blows the all of the connectivity, all the strings, all the graft, all the intermediary processes. It's very, very important for people to understand that if the the media can spend $50 trillion trying to tell the world that one plus one does not equal two, but they can't change the truth. The truth of the matter is distributed ledger technology that allows assets, digital assets, tokenized assets to move from point to point, person to person, entity to entity, nation to nation in three seconds with instantaneous settlement and no intermediary being involved in that transaction for almost free is 180 degrees opposite of the infrastructure that was required for a central bank digital currency to operate. The lies of the CBDC media, the ones that are telling us we're all going to be locked down, we're all going to be in prison, we're all going to, the central bankers are going to own us, we're going to have 15-minute cities, and they're going to cut off our, you know, if we have too much red meat, they're going to stop us from grocery shopping and blah, blah. It's not true. Now, 
might they want it to be true? If they could wave a magic wand, would the rulers of the world want to make it true? We have to accept the truth that these people that have attempted to depopulate a vast number of people the world over with their poison cocktail and their mandated jabs have no moral red line. There is nothing they won't do. And if they could, because they own all the money, they can print infinite amounts of money. They can buy any politician, any military, any academic institution, any industry like pharmaceuticals. The people that own all the money can hit a button and buy anything they want, but they can't pervert truth and they can't pervert science. And all the money in the world can't make one plus one equal two. And DLT, which is the way in which money and things of value, the Internet of Value, is designed to work in the way the XRP infrastructure, although it works with banks and it works with connecting the back offices and getting rid of 50-year-old legacy systems, things that have been around since Bretton Woods, so that money can move from China to Vietnam to Brazil to Germany back to the United States, the ability to move digital assets back and forth is something that the world is going to need in this new digital era that we live in. That does not mean that the central banks can hijack every one of those pathways and intervene and pervert and steal and and use fees and use float and use all kinds of graft in order to, to steal and rob and pervert our money and program a digital asset. Let's say I have a digital asset that represents, you know, the ownership of my home and I want to transfer my home to Jennifer because she wants to buy it. And I review the smart contract and she reviews the smart contract and she hits a button. And the next thing you know, four seconds later, there's a title, you know, in her digital wallet. and She owns my house and I don't. But I have the money that I agreed upon in the smart contract that gets executed. There is no central banker. There is no mother may I Wells Fargo. There is no anybody involved in stopping that process and taking all the fees because I moved my digital token of my title to Jennifer. And you can, whatever the asset is, that's going to happen. And the problem with the CBDC narrative is the CBDC narrative basically is the world as it is today where the bankers own everything and there's central bankers in every country and they own all the banks and all the, 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 all the way down from the bottom to the top. They print the money, they issue the money, they tax and they regulate. They just want to move all that legacy hard software and hard buildings and hard infrastructure and a bunch of employees and call it a digital fiat system instead of the legacy fiat system and tell everybody that they're using a fear campaign and telling us that they can do something that when in fact they can't do it. They don't have the software engineers. They don't have the expertise. They don't have the technical capacity to do it. They have fear and loathing and guns and weaponry and media companies to try to tell us what they're going to do. And that we're all going to take a knee and we're all going to obey. But I don't care how much they spend and how many times they tell us the, the boogeyman's lying underneath the bed. And he's going to come and eat us all. There's no boogeyman under the bed and they can't come and eat us all. I mean, the people in China have wholly rejected 
the concept of the CBDC and everything that comes out of that nation and it's run through our idiot box on the television set about how unbelievably locked down and scary the whole thing is. People in China, for the most part, the vast, vast, vast majority hold on to silver. They wear their jewelry. They hide their money. They're not interested in the banking system. They don't trust their government. Their government changes with some tyrannical new fascist plan every two or three or four years. They have lost the trust and confidence of the vast majority of people in China, and their economy is almost totally dead. They're going to have a billion people on their hands that are hungry and out of work and without money. And the government in China has got one hell of a problem on its hands. And the stories that everybody in China just are forced to use the CBDC and everything's terrible and that's coming your way. Go ahead and accept it. Everybody in the world, go. it's all a lie. It's all one narrative that is false. But that's what governments do when they have all the narcissistic power in the world because they've been able to print all the money in the world. They can say anything they want. They can tell you to wear four masks and roll your windows up and go get four booster shots. Doesn't make it scientific and it doesn't make it true, but most people don't know how to think for themselves. And so they'll ride around in their car with their windows up and two masks on on their way to get their fourth booster shot, you know, in their Tesla. And because they make so much money, they can't be wrong. They're smarter than the average Joe on the street because, hey, I, I'm a smart guy, and there's no way that this whole system could manufacture a lie that big and tell me to go get my fourth booster and keep wearing a mask. I mean, when, when, you, when we stop sometimes and think about the absurdity of the narrative we're being fed, we either have to laugh or cry, one of the two. <laughs> yeah. Rob, what, before this call, you were telling me about the plan and how this plan, I mean, it, 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 I mean, it sounds like it, there really was the plan to kill millions and millions of people. Um, and we could either be locked down for years on end and all go broke or have a choice. Uh, and then what that means is as far as the financial system. You know, was their plan all along to slowly bleed the economy out to keep kicking the can down? Or did they really want to shut it down and keep everyone locked down for years on end? That's a great, that is a great question. And I, and I think it is so important for everyone to understand that for the ages, for millennia, for four or 6,000 years, we have all been admonished to follow the money. You know, what does that mean, follow the money? I mean, follow the money because all roads lead to Caesar and Caesar was the king. You know, we have a king dollar system. Even biblically speaking, we were told, look, you have one decision. That's it. You can serve me or you can serve the world. You can follow me and I'll help you and I'll guide you and I'll be your loving father and you can follow my laws and rules and principles and, and govern yourself and, and you'll be blessed 30, 70, 100 times over. You can follow me and, and, and try to find the reason I put you here or you can go chase the Maseratis and the ladies and the gold and the titles and the status and the ego. Go knock yourself out. But biblically speaking, if you want to get to the 300,000 foot level, we were given one choice. Option A or option B. And so here we are in a world where we have a monetary system that 
is invented by people that want power and control, the Rothschild system, the central banking system, the Bank for International Settlements, all the different you know central banks the world over that print and control and tax and regulate the entire money supply system. So most people equate rich with wealth, you know, money with happiness, things and stuff with purpose, all the things that we've been programmed in since the time we were little kids. I mean, look, I love my mom and my daddy. I love them to death, but I was born in a system of trust and tradition. My mama was a school teacher. My dad was a chiropractor. My dad was in the military. I had a you know, brother and two sisters. You know, you, you you play football as a little boy and you go to school and you get a good job and you maybe go in the military and fly jets. And we trust and love our teachers and our neighbors and our preacher and our banker and our friends and the traditions that we were born into. But oftentimes, most people don't think, how did this, why is this the reality that it is? Who makes money? What are taxes? Why do I have to report to these people? Was, was I born and created to be put on this earth as a child of my parents only to be turned over into the loving arms of my government parents and then have them make all my decisions and tax and regulate me to death, you know, as a free range farm animal until I die and, and they get all the property and we get all the debt. I mean, it, it's, it's really an insane system. But if we go back to the history of money, the average, the longest period of time that any fiat currency, which is a form of money that fiat just means I declare it to be. So it could be tea leaves. It could be coffee beans. It could be sunflower seeds. It could be silver. It could be copper. It could be gold. It could be paper. Whatever the money system is designed to be or deemed to be, that's, if it's not backed by anything, it's just deemed currency by the kings of the day. So we're 80 years since Bretton Woods in 1944. 80 years is, is almost the, the longest period of time a, current, a fiat currency can exist without going to zero. All fiat currency systems in the history of mankind, if you can study them all, go to zero because the math doesn't work. Fiat basically is, I'm just going to create money out of thin air and I'm going to so the first dollar ever created, I'm going to give $10 to Jennifer and I'm going to charge her 5% interest. Well, if there's only $10 and I give 10 to Jennifer and she's got to pay me back $10 and 50 cents, where's the 50 cents coming from? Oh, well, we got to print that 50 cents. Okay. And then she turns around and gives it back and I got to pay taxes on the 50. So where does that money come from for me to, oh, okay. So they got to print more money. Fiat systems run on debt which require an infinite continuous treadmill of debt being produced until we get to a point where there's terminal debt. It's mathematically impossible to pay the debt off and they have to reset the system. That's otherwise known as war because all we've heard the saying, all wars are bankers wars. They use war as a means of distracting people oftentimes at the end of a fiat currency's life cycle so that they can set a whole brand new system. At the end of World War II was the last system that we had, which was the Bretton Woods Initiative that made the U.S. dollar the king dollar or the world reserve currency. <clears throat> Fast forward to today, we have $32 trillion of debt in the United States and we're bankrupt. There is 0.0% chance the United States can ever pay off $32 trillion in debt, especially with interest rates going up. 
So we have three options. The United States can declare bankruptcy and the whole world would collapse. That's not going to happen. We could pay off our debt. It's not going to happen. It's mathematically impossible. We could work 3,000 years and never pay off the debt. Or option three, we can do a reset or restructure. We can come up with a brand new system. XRP and Ripple have been in an executive order that Trump signed back in 2018 as part of the new digital faster payment network and a new sort of banking rails system where DLT is a big part of it, where there can be interoperability the world over. And one of Trump's most famous sayings was a level playing field. What does he mean by a level playing field? That means where all countries can interact with one another. A $20 in Japan is a $20 in Brazil, is a $20 in America, is a 20 pounds in, in the UK. Well, how, does, how the hell is that going to work? Well, if everybody, every nation has a supply of gold and silver and a known GDP and or natural resources like oil or gas or diamonds or grain or wheat, they have collateral that can back a currency and there's a ratio that can be verified, then based on the size of the GDP and the size of the, the gold and the silver and the collateral that backs the digital assets that are tokenized, that are tokenized representatives of whatever the, the total amount of currency as a, a nation has, well, now every nation in the world can compete with every nation in the world and we can buy and trade. And, and, and instead of going to a shopping mall to shop, I shop anywhere in the world I want, and I go person to person, company to company, entity to entity, and I don't need a permission slip from Wells Fargo, the Bank of England, or the Federal Reserve. We level the playing field where every nation in the world has the, the, the value of a human hour is the value of a human hour. The market will decide. America can't export inflation around the world, so poor nations live on $4 a week, and we live you know, high on the hog buying you know, $1,000 iPhones and drinking $8 Starbucks. That is just a perverted, immoral system that has to end. So the American empire of money printing and dominance the world over with its big, bad military, we've been told our whole lives that we're the top cop in the world. We're the good guys and everybody else is a bad guy. And they're, we're the cowboys and all the Indians. We'll tell you who the Indians are. But when it's time to go fight those engines, we want everybody to clap and wave the flag and the boys get in their uniform and go get those bad guys. Well, the problem with that is over the last 70 years or so, every war that's been fought has pretty much been fought on real estate where there is no central bank present. But the central bank wants to have a presence. So we got to go into Iraq. We got to go into Syria. We got to go into Afghanistan. We got to go into you name it. We got to go conquer the cop. The the we got to we got to stop. You know, people trading oil trading oil with gold. We can't have a threat to the U.S. king dollar. Anybody that tries to take away our monopoly by using gold or by using silver or by by not honoring the petrodollar monopoly that we set up in the 1970s around the world that forced the Middle East, you know, or it wasn't, it wasn't a force, but it was a secret deal. We had Henry Kissinger go to Saudi Arabia and OPEC, and they, they signed a secret deal that said all oil had to be purchased in U.S. dollars, and in exchange, the U.S. dollar will protect the Middle Eastern interest militarily for the rest of our lives. 
It's a great deal if you can get it. It made the it made us idiotically, insanely wealthy with dollars. But then all that narcissistic power and money went into Washington, D.C. And look at where we are today. We have a bunch of drunken narcissists with an unlimited amount of money to do whatever the hell they want to do to create pregnant men and transgenderism and CRT and DEI and COVID, COVID wars and, and open up our borders and let the United States of America be invaded. And, and it's, it's the most insane thing we've ever seen in our entire lives because, A, these people have been disconnected from reason. There's been no sound money involved, which means there's been no accounting or accountability to our legislators. And when there's no sound money, you can't have sound politics because all they got to do is hit a button on a keyboard and go, oh, yeah, gender study hours and uh, transgender you know, story time for kindergartners. Yeah, we can fund that. How the hell you can't fund that? What the hell are you talking about? That's the most idiotic thing in the world. So here we are. Look, look at what happened for this vaccine rollout to take place. First, there had to be a strategy. Then there were patents made. Then somebody had to fund it. All the research and development had to be done. Then the release of the bioweapon had to be authorized. Then it had to get endorsed by government officials and CDC and pharma and the AMA and everybody else in the world. Then it had to all get distributed. Then the COVID plus the spike protein had to get mixed together and put it into the injection fluids in order to be injected in our arms. Then there had to be censorship. Nobody can criticize this. This is the way it is. This is science. Dr. Fauci said it. This is science. Then our government waged lawfare against anyone who dared speak against their unwavering orthodoxy. Then they made obscene profits from their lives and their strategy to put this poison in everybody's body. There's all kinds of evidence of RICO, fraud, racketeering, criminal operations the world over between governments and research labs and patent holders and Fauci and Gates and the CDC. And you got the Barrington Declaration where you have thousands of doctors the world's over saying this is a fraud and it's not scientific. We've got perjury on trial. We've got doctors and, and Senate testimonies where there's perjury. People have been tortured. People have been bankrupted. They've, they've suffered bodily injury and death. They've done all of this. These are 17 phases of a bio-warfare. Why and who in the hell would do this unless they needed to, A, depopulate as much of the world as they could because we're, we're considered terrorists to their way of life. Then they can do, they'll have an easier time putting in their new financial system their new financial overlay. So understanding the history of man and understanding the history of money and that the system is bankrupt and the system has to be reset. And they never thought Hillary would lose. They never thought Trump would come in a president. They never thought we would see such unbelievable gains and strides and stock market highs and low unemployment and housing starts and low crime, no wars. Bush Jr. created two wars. Obama created seven wars. Trump created zero wars, brought people home. Biden has created one and trying to create World War III. One person kind of stands out in the middle of all of this sort of stuff. But they attacked Trump 
and started a war. They, they started a world war in January of 2020, and it was a bio-warfare campaign. What we call it in the United States is a fifth-generation unrestricted warfare. They use military-grade psychology, chemicals, propaganda, military. They, corporatize, they, 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 they weaponize the corporate sector in partnership with government and, and, and with academia and turned it against the people. And they've created a bio-warfare, and we're still in the middle of that war today. So from January 2020, welcome to World War III. They just didn't announce it on the television set. Why are they trying to do all of this? Because they have to. They're out of money, and they're out of ideas, and their whole system of money is built on a lie. So back in the early days when this war was started and the – Trump administration, the Trump team, his advisors, we have to all understand one thing, whether we like it or not. We have to, for a moment, suspend belief systems and suspend prejudices and question everything that we've ever been told our entire lives because we know we have been lied to our entire lives. It's been one big programming matrix. So my personal bias, this is just a caveat, is Trump's a damn good F-18 pilot. Okay, he didn't build the jet. He didn't engineer the jet. He didn't put the bombs on the jet. He didn't build the airport. He didn't build the simulator. He doesn't know how to design it. He's not a avi you know, an avionics engineer, but he's a damn good pilot. Okay, international relationships, hotel, eight, you know, top-rated television program for eight years in a row. Grew up in the mean streets of New York, a blue-collar billionaire. He he was loved by rappers. He was loved by Democrats. He was loved by Republicans. The media loved him. He was a popular guy with pretty wife, you know, and all of his flaws, just like I have and everybody else has. If God's going to use anybody in this world, he's going to use somebody that's dirty and stained and sinful because there ain't one of us perfect. So he's going to use somebody. He's going to use somebody that's sometimes an asshole, sometimes a jerk, sometimes has had money problems, sometimes it's been divorced. You know, if you look at Paul and Saul in the Bible, Paul used to be pretty much a shithead, an axe murdering, you know, Christian killer. And then all of a sudden he turned around and wrote a whole bunch of books. So my point being is I believe he was recruited for a specific purpose at a specific time to expose the shift, the changeover from the old monetary system to the new monetary system and stop them with their plans. When this COVID just initially rolled out on the scene and everybody was being locked down and told they were going to have to get a shot and it was going to be safe and effective and trust the doctors and Fauci as science, Trump knew and his team knew that we were the war had started and the bio-warfare campaign had been released. He had two options. I want everyone to hear me clearly. He had two options as a wartime president. The first option was to say, okay, well, I can go to the world and say it's a big conspiracy. They're trying to kill three billion of you. They're going to kill you with poison. This is right off after he got it impeached, okay? So the man got impeached for 24-7, 365 for four years. The media has told everybody in the world that this guy is anything other than a son of God. He's an asshole and a jerk, and he doesn't even deserve to breathe oxygen. So it'd be very difficult for him to come out in January, February, or March of 2020 and go, hey, everybody, listen to me. It's, an it's, it's a conspiracy. They're going to kill billions of you with their shot. It's not even science. 
and they would have been laughed off the stage and escorted out stage left in a white jacket. Okay. So he couldn't do that. The art of war, he couldn't do that. He had to either let them do it and they would go the FDA route. The food and drug administration route is the agency in the United States that approves all drugs. Trump could have allowed them to go that route. The standard time for drug approval is five to seven years. Research, development, clinical trials, animal studies, human studies, approval, five to seven years. We would have been locked down the world over. At least in America, we would have been locked down for five. Maybe they could do it in three or four. The toll that would have been taken on America and the world if we'd been locked down for three to five to seven years until the FDA came around to giving us an approved vaccine would have killed many of us, bankrupted all of us, and done away with the middle class in America. We would have run out of money, run out of hope, run out of funds, and we'd be under basically martial law locked down until the FDA could come up with their magic potion. That was option A. Option B was Operation Warp Speed. Speed it up, make them go fast, make them make mistakes, make them lie, use the executive youth authorization that was in the law book, which gave optionality to the people. You cannot force the people to take an experimental use authorization drug. The lockdown was less than a year. We exposed the fraud. They lied. They did RICO. They did false science. They did propaganda. They did profiteering. The whole world got to see this was one big corrupt organization that was lying to us. They were gaslighting us, but we had a choice. Everybody had a choice. Yeah, you may have to quit your job. Yep, you may get doxxed in the public. Yep, you may get a divorce. Your, Your spouse may leave you, but you had a choice. You did not have to take the shot. The problem with this scenario is that A, no one has ever explained it to us. You have to sort of go out and look and piece it together. B, there was no option three. It was they attacked the world with a bioweapon. We can go down the FDA path with three to five years of, of clinical trials before lockdown is over and the drug is approved, and it's mandatory. You can't reject a mandatory, an FDA-approved drug that the President of the United States deems mandatory for the you know every citizen in the United States. Or you could go down the experimental youth path, make everybody go fast as hell, expose themselves, and give optionality to the people. Option A, people are going to die. Option B, people are going to die. Full stop. In wartime, people die. We can blame Trump for it if we want to. If that makes us feel better, we can blame Trump for it. Or we can accept the fact that The asshole bankers that run the world will stop at nothing to maintain their absolute power and monopoly over money and law. They needed to reset the system, and Trump was in the way. Or as Trump likes to say, it's not me they're after. I'm just in the way. It's you that they're after. I'm just standing in between you and them. They had to get rid of the virus called Trump and the people that loved the virus, the nationalist folks that loved him. Now, How in the hell were we supposed to figure all this out in real time when we were in the middle of a war and nobody announced the fact that we were in the middle of a war? I'm still still putting the pieces together each and every day. But follow the money. Follow the power. You know, money corrupts and, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. We have a cabal in this world that owns all the money 
has all the corruption. They get to make all the rules, set up all the courts, do all the laws, and they need to reset their system. And Trump was in the way. If we if we were to if we frame the world in that thirty thousand foot perspective, maybe we can start trying to figure out how the hell are we going to get ourselves out of this? How are we going to create a new system where they can't entrap us in debt and taxation and regulation anymore? And how the hell can we prosecute these bastards that killed so many of our friends and family and and, and neighbors? How in the hell are we going to get ourselves out of this? How are we going to expose them? And I'll leave it, I'll, I'll end it at this, Jennifer, that the single greatest virus on planet Earth is ignorance. And ignorance is not stupidity. Ignorance is just a lack of knowledge. We don't know what we don't know because we've been programmed to not know what they don't want us to know. So the vaccine that cures ignorance is knowledge and truth. And that's what the Great Awakening is all about. That's why we're having the farmers and the, the millions of people in, in Norway protesting and the, the revolt against the Green New Deal and the ESG scores and the climate science hoax and the mandatory vaccinations and the, the, the taxation and the blurring of the borders and every nation being invaded by another nation and World War III. We got to have World War III. You know, we can't live without World War III. Bullshit. The people that have been running this world for far too long are losing control. It's all falling apart. They're trying to distract the shit out of us in every way they can. And fear is their currency. Fear is the currency of the people that have been running this world for a thousand years. And especially the last 250 years, they want to keep us in a state of fear and they want to keep us isolated. And most importantly, they got to shut us the hell up because truth is the virus, is the vaccine that kills the ignorance virus. And the last thing they want us doing is talking to each other. So that's my, that's my theory. I love it. It's fantastic. I mean, wow. Talk about um, putting that narrative straight. Because I think a lot of that, you know, creates division when people, especially Trump, Trump, you know, creates a lot of division um, especially those that don't really know all the intricacies of what's happening and, you know, what, what should have happened. They see the headlines and they assume the worst. Um, there might've been a plan to put people in concentration camps, but I don't believe that that's where we're headed or if the 15 minute cities and the CBDCs, and you're right. I mean, I don't trust the videos that, that circulate for likes and, you know, making everybody hysterical from China, you know, about the, the QR codes. I mean, those feel very staged. Um, and it's nice to hear some perspective that people are kind of refuting it because we're just told that they're implementing it and that's, that's it. Um, what, do you, what do you say to people that, you know, because I heard you on one of the clips you had shared, um, you know, you were like, can we just start focusing on what we do after, you know, to kind of rebuild and, and uh, you know, repair once this all kind of comes out and collapses. <laughs> I think, I mean, you said it in so many words, uh, are uh, focusing on, on what, what we're going to do after um, this exposure happens. Yeah, well, uh, I think we've got, you know, a long road ahead for all of us, but it's going to be one of 
the best example I can give, Jennifer, is that you remember when the Egyptians got freed from slavery or the Jews got freed from slavery in Egypt and the Red Sea parted and all the, the Jews went on the other side. Well, just because they were free doesn't mean they weren't still lost. Which What that means is they had an Egyptian mindset. They had been prisoners. They had been slaves for a long time. And just because we get free doesn't mean we're found or we know what to do or we know how to manage ourselves. If we haven't been, if we haven't been taught to govern ourselves, I mean, uh, my understanding is a lot of people didn't even cross the Red Sea because they didn't know where am I going to work? Where am I going to live? You know, I don't know what to do. I mean, I get three square meal over here and they tell me what to do. I, I ain't going because they didn't know how to take care of themselves. So freedom doesn't necessarily mean you found your purpose or you have the skills to self-govern or you know what to do, but that will come and that can easily be acquired. You know, the the... The issue that we have to do as nations is build relationship at the community level. And we have to be able to be able to govern ourselves, love one another, basically understand what we've inherited, understand what our authority is, what our status is, what our dominion is to self-govern, to live off the land, to build, to trade, to have family, to procreate to do whatever we want to do without a permission slip from another group of, of self-deemed gods and rulers. Okay. We are born to be free and to be creative and to be productive with a certain set of laws. But if the system that we've been born into is a system of lies, we have to oftentimes first step is unlearn all the lies. We have to deprogram. We have to detox our mind and what we've been trained to do for far too long is let our five senses, the 3D world and our five senses govern us. And we react to all the images and all the concepts and all the training and indoctrination and propaganda that has been fed to us 24-7, 365. We live in the 3D world of our five senses and our five senses govern us instead of living in truth and letting truth and, and, and law and law with a capital L guide us. And we're either spiritual beings with a human body or we're human bodies seeking a spiritual experience. I, I tend to believe all the major religions of the world say, look within that we're vibration, energy, and frequency. We are soulful, spiritual beings. And given that there's got to be a creator that put us here and there got to be laws, just like one plus one's a law, and gravity is a law, and you know, laws of reciprocity apply. I mean, hot is hot, fire burns, cows moo, dogs bark, sinners sin. I mean, math is the most purest science in the world. I mean, the the numbers, the formulas in math and computer programming logic either work or they don't work. So. We have to realize that we're spiritual beings or spiritual laws and spiritual principles and spiritual realities, and we need to find those from within instead of relying on third-party intermediaries. And that really boils down to the difference between trust and truth. I like to say that truth is, period, full stop, one plus one equals two. Gravity exists. You know, CO2 exists, oxygen exists, fire is hot, 
truth is trust outplaces it, it requires the actions of a third party. I trust I'll get a good haircut. I trust the babysitter will keep a good eye on my child. I trust the banker won't steal my money. I trust the, ju the, the judge is going to be fair when he gives a ruling. Again, and trust requires the actions of another. Truth is. And the reason our world is in the states that it is right now is we've been trained our entire life to outsource trust to an intermediary, a doctor, a teacher, a pharmacist, a horticulturalist, a mechanic. We can't do anything. We can't produce anything. We don't know anything because we've got to give it all away. We have to give our authority away to everybody else that knows more than we do. And we get caught in a world where there's just a bunch of intermediaries all the way around us. And in that gap, that's where rot happens. That's where theft happens. That's where lies happen. That's where exploitation happens. That's where people look after their own best interest. And people that are involved in that gap, that intermediary gap, that don't have the same values that we have, are going to look out for their own best interest. And they're going to steal, and they're going to add, and they're going to pad, and they're going to extract, and they're going to use technical legal jargon, and they're going to deceive, and they're going to destroy, and they're going to divide. When we outsource, we have to realize we put ourselves at risk to exploitation. And that's what the monetary system does. A monetary system is nothing but a system of trust. It's a trust mechanism that if I give you, know, you 10 potatoes, you're going to give me money that equals 10 potatoes so I can go do something with that money. And it doesn't matter what the technical thing is that, that both parties decide is going to be called money. We just have to all trust that it's going to be a like for like, you know, equivalent. You know, you're going to mow my grass, I'm going to give you 50 bucks. That equal 50 bucks means something. It, 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 it equates to what it ought to equate to. But when a company, a third party can deflate and debase and destroy and diminish the value of that of that of that fifty dollars and, and make it worth four dollars tomorrow, then the system's gonna lose its trust. More importantly, if they call money money, but it's actually debt, which is where we live right now, the Federal Reserve note is an IOU. If I have $100 in my pocket, I mean, I, I owe $100 to the Federal Reserve who issued me that money and all the strings and conditions attached with that $100, I am subject to. All the, just by using it, and I put that $100 in my pocket, I have a debt instrument. It's a debt instrument owed to the Federal Reserve and all the IRS codes and all the restrictions and all the uses and all the laws and the ability for the police to come and arrest me or register my car or give me a speeding ticket, everything attached to the use of that Federal Reserve note comes along with that Federal Reserve note. So they have hijacked this system of trust where now instead of me just giving you $50 for mowing my grass, I give you 50 bucks and with it comes the whole federal government and all the rules attached. Isn't that fun? That's not the way money's supposed to work. Rob, so and, what, at what point does this change? I mean, are we, what, are we waiting for a, a scare event and World War III? Well, I do believe there is a scare event, and those that want there to be a scare event are the incumbents that want to maintain the monopoly. They want to be able to stay in control. And they want everybody to stay on their knees and just obey and sit down and shut up. And they'll tell us when it's all safe to come out and play again. Uh, 
they're not, it's not going to work. They don't have the time. They're, people are rolling over. People have been infiltrated. We've got our own situations with the ice cream man that they try to call president of the United States. You know, there's issues in the UK with Boris and the current prime minister, the Bank of England, the Federal Reserve, interest rates, Russia, China, Ukraine, the BRICS nation. 80% of the people in the world have left the U.S. dollar. The BRICS nations plus about 40 other nations have already decided they are no longer going to be operating in commerce where the U.S. dollar is the world reserve currency. I mean, stop and think about that for a second. I hope everyone on this call knows that. But the BRICS nations plus 40 others to include Germany, who's made an announcement privately, but, but it's, it's pretty much common knowledge. Saudi Arabia, Argentina, Iran, Iraq, Japan, na nations the world over, Turkey, are going off the U.S. dollar as the primary vehicle, and they're going to use gold-backed currencies like Russia's. But the number one currency in the world is gold-backed Russian ruble. Because you can either have a sound money that's backed by gold or you can have a dollar that's issued with all the promises of Nancy Pelosi and the other $32 trillion of debt that the United States has. Which one would you prefer? You know, <laughs> Would you prefer the Putin, the Putin dollar or the Pelosi dollar? Which one would – if you were in the business world and didn't really care about the United States or Russia, would you take the Putin gold-backed dollar or the Pelosi bullshit dollar? <laughs> I mean – Listen, there's people that have given up about the election fraud. I mean, we just, I feel like that we've just have to go along with it. I mean, at what point does that come down and get exposed? Because, you, look, but let, let's put it this way. Like Trump or hate Trump, that's fine. I'm not going to try to argue the case about that. Has he been sent here on a mission to do certain things? I would say yes. Has he been correct about every single thing that was called a conspiracy theory for the last four years or six years? I would say yes. He's been proven to be truthful. He's been proven to be on the right side of every issue. Again, people will conflate vaccine. What does that mean? What's the technical term of a vaccine? I will challenge anyone to show me that Trump ever uttered the words on videotape. Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, SmithKline, Black, whatever, the, the, the pharmaceutical company. What did Trump do? He spent three or four days. He went and got ivermectin and vitamin D and zinc and the, and the Zelensky protocol, took his tie off, got back on the helicopter and went back to work. Three days. He didn't take any of the vaccines that they were selling, the Fauci and Bill Gates and the WHO and CDC and the World Economic Forum wanted to jam everybody with, with the needle and lock everybody down and put the poison in their arm. But we were in war. We were in an absolute all-out World War III by a bunch of central bankers that had all the military, all the media, and all the money. And war was raging. Now, he could have said, he could have screamed, Trump could have screamed really, 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 really loud and got laughed off the stage. Or they could have fought. They could have exposed. Look, they've had 150, 200 years to build this empire, to build this slave ship, this prison planet. Trump was in office for four. If anybody thinks he's going to win and take down all the king's men and all the king's money and all the king's military in four years when they've had 200 years to put it together, I got an igloo in South Georgia to sell you. It's not going to happen. It can't happen that fast, unfortunately. It took a long time to put us all to sleep, to program us into stupidity, 
to put us in a system of absolute trust, no matter what they say, we follow the rules. And then all of a sudden you have somebody come up and go, hey, it's about time to wake up. You have all been bullshitted for far too long. They've been pissing on your leg and telling you that it's raining outside. Guess what? It wasn't rain. Wake the hell up. And people hate Trump for having to say that. Or they hate people that have to face the reality that, oh, my God, I've been lied to my whole damn life. Shit. You know what? I'm not going to accept it. I'm just going to call Trump an asshole. That's what I'm going to do. That'll make it all go away. That, that, that'll, that'll make the vaccine mandates go away. I'll just call him an asshole. You know, I'll put it this way. Let's say Trump had 60% of the people awake in the planet. Guess who's woken up the next 20 or 25%? Biden. And Biden's woken up people that Trump could have never woken up. Biden, by his lies, his idiocy, his handlers, his incompetency, his pulling out of Afghanistan, his sanctioning Russia, his opening the borders, his transgenderism, his utter stupidity, his Hunter Biden son laptop. You've got a president of the United States, so-called president of the United States, who has a son and himself who have taken money and cash from Russia, Ukraine, and China. But there's nothing to see in his laptop because Biden says so. How many intelligence agencies the world over and media agencies the world over and governments the world over have to go, yeah, I think you're right. There's probably nothing on that laptop. You know, go right ahead, Hunter. You know, you go ahead and keep taking money. He still has ownership interest in companies in Ukraine. He, st he still took a million dollars from the, the wife of a mayor in Russia, and he still has $1.3 billion in assets under management from a Chinese CCP-controlled company. But there's nothing on that laptop. Y'all just shut up, sit down, and go back to hating Trump, okay? Y'all just go back and hate Mr. Trump because he's orange man bad. Does, that, does this make any sense at all? The point being is Biden was inserted. He was not elected. And if I know it, and I'm just a just a guy, Imagine what the highest level military intelligence officials and people that are actually God-fearing, good people that know how the system is rigged, that are fighting this fifth generation unconventional warfare behind the scenes without us being briefed on all the strategies and tactics and the general's plans and who's being arrested and who's going to Guantanamo Bay and who's a double and who's got a face mask on and is that really Boris or not Boris and let me give you a clear example as to, as, as to how this war is taking place. Does anybody think that Elon Musk just found Jesus six months ago and decided to just all of a sudden flip a switch and go from the number one largest Department of Defense contractor in the world, the face, the hero of the Green New Deal, Mr. Electric Vehicle, Mr. Solar Power, Mr. All Things Green and Goodness, and then all of a sudden, six months later, he finds Jesus and he starts exposing all the criminal cabal for all of the lies and all the corruption and all the fraud with government weaponization to silence people, to kill our First Amendment rights, to hide the, the fraudulent documentation, to hide the evidence, to hide the number of deaths, to hide who owns what in COVID, to the amount of felonious, genocidal homicidal maniacs that are being exposed by these Twitter dumps underneath the auspices of Elon Musk, who is Mr. Green New Deal a year ago. Does anybody think that's happening by accident? 
Does anybody really think he just all of a sudden found Jesus and decided to come clean and start helping the, the white hats or the good guys expose all the criminality the world over? Or is maybe there's some influence happening behind the scenes that we don't know about? My common sense would tell me that there there's we have to sort of look at the world as there's a black hat group that are evil and demonic, and there's a white hat group that's trying to fight the good fight. And then there's a group called the gray hats who are been forced to take a deal. You can lose your company, lose your assets, lose your legacy. You can spend the rest of your time in Gitmo or we'll just execute you in three days under a tribunal, or you can work for us and do the things that we need you to do. Hey, why don't you go by Twitter? We need some information over there. Why don't you help us wake up the 40% of the people that are still brain dead, stupid, blue haired, and obsessed with Trump? Why don't you help us wake some of those people up so we can get 80% of the people the world over realizing that we're at World War III and these assholes are trying to kill us. And if we don't fix this and create a brand new system, we're all going to be dead. I don't think Elon found Jesus six months ago. I think he was encouraged to see the light. And you can apply that type of example to thousands and thousands and thousands of players around the world in different countries. I, I, I'd say this, Jennifer, there's a, I believe that there is a conspiracy at play, but the conspiracy is a conspiracy of interest. There are strong leaders the world over who have this interest. They want to be left hell alone. They want to run their own country. They want to manage their own affairs without Klaus Schwab or his little sidekick who says there is no God or the World Economic Forum or the Rothschilds micromanaging and telling them what the hell they have to do. It doesn't make Putin perfect. It doesn't make Xi perfect. It doesn't make Bolsonaro or, or Trump or Modi in India. It doesn't make anybody perfect. But you know what? They want to be left the hell alone to run their own country, manage their own affairs, run their own budgets, create their own currency, compete with the rest of the world without having to worry about going to war and paying their dues to the World Health Organization and the United Nations and the World Economic Forum, the World Bank, and all these other NGO, unelected, bullshit, intermediary organizations that are just there to divide and confuse and deceive and to control the world. I don't want anybody in the United Nations, the World Health Organization, the CDC, the World Bank, telling me or my wife what the hell we do in my house and the way I raise my girls. And if it's true at the kitchen table level, it's true at the national level. And so now we have 85% of the world's population and 65 or 70% of the world's GDP is leaving the U.S. dollar-based monetary system for an alternate currency system, an alternate way to interoperate with one another, an alternate way to have currencies that are not U.S. dollar denominated, but backed by assets in those nations that are acceptable to all the other nations so they can trade and they can interoperate and they can do business without the war machine matrix that we've been living with for 200 years calling every shot and telling everybody what they have to do because there is there has been a one world bank for a very long time. We might want to we might not want to accept it. We have all these different illusions of, of Wells Fargo and Chase Manhattan and Bank of America and Bank of India and the China National Bank and Santander and 
we have all these different names for banks. Guess what? I hate to break it to people. It's one big effing bank with one group of people that produce all the currency and one operating system. There is one iOS system running this world in the banking world, and it's a concentrated group of assholes. That's and, right. And I believe, bottom line, Trump's assigned mission, he was recruited to cut the head off of David. What happened for a thousand years after, after I mean, off the head of Goliath? David and Goliath, the big giant, the guy was arrogant, caustic, terrorizing villages, raping women, taking whatever he wanted, stealing people, unaccountable to anybody. This farm boy comes off the field, takes the knife, cuts his head off, and jams the damn knife in his throat. And for a thousand years, the people lived in freedom without terror anymore. In my mind, as an analogy, Donald Trump was recruited with a bunch of other brilliant people the world over to put their forces together. And the proverbial analogy is the central bank is Goliath. And he was brought in to lead a coalition of people under a conspiracy of aligned interest to just be left alone, to get out of the matrix. And we have to bring the whole central banking system's head off. And that's the war that we're fighting right now. And when people say, well, how long does it take? As long as it takes. I mean, I, I get the battle fatigue. I what's mean, option? What's, what's option? What's, what are other options? Go right. back to the way it was? Right. When people start, I mean, I, I get it a lot and I understand. And that's why I try to address it every single time. You know, we did a podcast like, okay, CBDCs ripple. Let's talk. I mean, you guys, we cannot confuse the lines here. Um, and and notice the way the media is kind of spinning everything. They want you to believe the net zero social credit score has already been implemented, and there you go, it's done. And and now we're just going to live like this, act like you have it. Was Matt Hancock's famous words in England? You know that that kind of the society's been brainwashed into this shift, and now everybody's waking up fancy, and they're like, okay, when does it end? Well, we still have to, you know, keep pushing back until everything collapses. And, and we, you know, when, we, when we're fearful about, you know, CBDCs and programmable money and, you know, I, I'm like, you guys, you know, the one world government, the one world bank, like, you know, I'm like, we're breaking out of this. <laughs> this is the whole point. We have to break out of these chains. So we have to see what it would have been like, um, you know, what, what, they, what the plans are so that we can make a cognitive choice to say no, right? I mean, I love Ripple. I love where we're going with the adoption and the utility of blockchain, but I am still such a vocal presence even to this day, you know, and, and we, we're getting a group together on this channel to go to these events in London to be active and speaking out about the beauty of, 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 of bringing in this kind of technology because there's a lot of solutions made with it, um, but then also to you know, be vocal about our concerns, you know, that this is not a handover of privacy, that you know, signing up does not mean that we are giving you know, over and that whatever exists in this current system, when it does collapse, we make the executive decision to you know, choose what we take with us into the new financial system. Edward Dowd, and I wrote him recently about this um, to come talk on here with us. 
because I like what he said, you know, we're, we're seeing the end of one monetary system and we, the people have to decide what does the new system look like? And, uh, you know, as I, I, I found you so refreshing, right? Because we are in a group, a very insular group, albeit I love that, you know, group of investors, but you never really know who you're investing alongside with, especially in the Bay Area, because you have a lot of, you know, delusional thinking. <laughs> I mean, you have a lot of pie in the sky folk and people, I mean, I've, I just think about, you know, the tech circles I've been in and, you know, been around and it's, it's really hard to kind of find the allies or the people that really get, you know, what is actually happening. Um, you know, and here, like my husband got it when he started working, he's very technical, you know, it like took him to focus on the XRPL and, you know, RippleNet and seeing how this works. And he's like, oh man, this is, this is really something game changing. And, you know, and so we talked a lot about, I told you that I, one of the things that I look forward to is innovation within the banking and seeing where we kind of break out of the chains. What does the future of banking look like? Um, and, you know, w when people don't have to go through all these many layers and, you know, people can just use their collateral to borrow against, lend against, et cetera. <laughs> um, and so this is where I, I like finding people that can, can talk about not only the financial stuff, but the bigger, you know, patriot movement that, you know, the truth movement, this kind of understanding of there is no going back. And it really will take as long as it takes. But in, and we don't necessarily need, you know, that entire, everyone, want, you know, they, they get really worried about everybody they know that won't wake up. And I'm like, we're focusing on the wrong. We need to focus on everybody that is um, and use those voices together to kind of speak out. And, I, you know, this is, I, I want to keep, you know, in this channel providing value um, so that people are, you know, we're educating each other on the knowledge what we're sharing, but then the overall manifestation and the focus, the visualization is that future of peace and prosperity without these kind of chains and this, this daunting loom and gloom over us. <laughs> so thank you for coming to speak to that. Um, I did uh, wanted to open the, the floor up now. Anybody on listening have any questions? Marie, I see your your hand is raised. Did you want to ask Rob or continue, uh, contribute to the conversation? My computer wasn't uh, wasn't cooperating. Um, yeah, I hope it's not slightly off topic because it's um, about Ripple and it was it's a slight warning as well for people. Um, I I'm struggling to get verification because I don't have a current passport and my driver's license doesn't have a picture. They've got an old-fashioned driver's license in the UK. Um, so I'm struggling to get a verification at the moment. Well, um, a friend of mine said, you know, to keep Ripple safe and everything, get on Trust Wallet. And I trusted him and I believe that he, he thought he was helping. But I've bought a little bit more Ripple on Trust Wallet. And it turns out that it is, it turns out that it's wrapped. It's Binance wrapped. And I wanted to um, to give a caveat to people to be really, really careful because I'm now struggling um, to to exchange that XRP the the um, the Binance wrapped. Marie, are you in our? Am I what? Sorry, are you in the digital asset? I I run a digital assets channel. 
No, I haven't been able to find that. I'm on the, the, the main Jennifer Arcurian and in the Jennifer Arcurian chat. Okay, I'll send you, we'll, we'll post a link and you can um, join. That's terrible. I'm sorry. See, this is, I, 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 I apologize. I, 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 sorry, yes, that would not be a way I would advise of buying XRP on a Zoom wallet. It's a, it's a trust, they have to call trust wallet, yeah. Or trust wallet, yeah, excuse yeah. me, not Zoom wallet. Um, yeah, so we talk about things like that a lot on there, so I'll send you the link and you can join that group. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Her. Yeah, I think they, they meant well. They were trying to help. And this is, I've been very ill, so I'm trying to catch up with stuff. Um, and um, so, so yeah, I'm, it's partly my fault because I didn't quite know what I was doing. And I was trying to look out to... Um, how to join the digital group and I couldn't work it out. So if you do that for me, that'd be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I'll post that for you. I, I just that that's a it's a warning for other people. <laughs> Thanks very much. Cheers. Oh, and congratulations on your um, your new arrival. Thank you very much. <laughs> Rob, Take Thanks. Rob, Rob, how did you get into XRP? How did you find it? Very early days of January, uh, February 2020, I just uh, listened to various podcasts and people talking about, you know, gold and silver and, and money and, and the digital transformation. I think late January, maybe early February, the first time I ever heard the words XRP mentioned were across the lips of a man named Charlie Ward. And uh, I said, XRP, what in the hell is that? And that started my rabbit hole journey. And I found out that, again, XRP is the kind of the native digital token that's associated with a private company called Ripple. And XRP is obviously, obviously optimized as a kind of a neutral bridge token of exchange that is agnostic to any currency or any asset or any nation. It's just this unbelievable technology that is designed to help monies and asset types change from point A to point B and then register that transaction on a ledger. Ripple, not to be confused with XRP, is a company designed and specialized to help major banks and financial institutions get their houses in order so that large-scale wholesale blocks of money can be moved from institutions and nations around the world to keep the flow of money going on the big, you know, between these big major institutions. But XRP is just sort of the, if you will, it's the, the, the red blood cell of the body. XRP is the XRP ledger is the body, you know, and, and ripple is just a private company that makes money selling body, you know, fixing the body, if you will, help making sure that the body works inside all the different institutions. But when I started, you know, every, every fiber of my being just came alive. Every time I read another page or two of the, the ripple website or the XRP technology or the XRP ledger, or, you know, tell me again now, why has there been more physical delivery of purchased gold and silver the world over in the last two years? Then going all the way back to 1964, there is more physical gold being bought and delivered to countries the world over 
than we've seen in almost 60 years. You have to ask yourself why. Why all of a sudden do people want to, treasuries want to own gold and silver? You know, is it because they need it as collateral when they reconstitute banks and they start to create their own currency the way Russia's done it and the way China's planning to do it and the way India's planning to do it? Are we all going to be able to have assets that we can all trust that there's an ample supply of gold and silver behind the currency and then it can be represented in token form? Um, I, I think this is important. Let me let me drop this data point. Going forward, there's only going to be two categories of assets in the world, on-chain and off-chain. That's it. Given the fact that everything's either going to be on-chain, which means it can be transported, it can be put in a wallet, it can be put in a cold wallet, it can be put in my account, it can be moved. All things considered, if you have a dollar bill that's on-chain and a dollar that's, that's off-chain, guess what's got more value? The asset that's on-chain. Therefore, everything of value the world over, whether it's a contract or a gold or a insurance or a mortgage or a dollar or a piece a representation of gold or a fractional ownership in the Mona Lisa, whatever asset people are going to have, they are going to be able to tokenize it. And an asset that is tokenized is more valuable than an asset that's not tokenized, all other things being equal. So think about that for a moment. How do we have a global internet of value where all nations can peaceably trade and interact and buy and sell goods and services from point to point, person to person, nation to nation, the world over, unless everything's tokenized? We can't put a gold brick in a FedEx envelope and ship it over to Chile for a really cool pair of boots. I mean, that's just the way the world's moving. We're moving to an internet of value. And therefore, if we're going to do that, everything is eventually, and I think rapidly, going to become tokenized. And Jennifer, you and your husband are in one hell of a smart space right now because you're, you're ready for the coming tsunami. Rob, can I um, just ask you know, just circling quickly back to Russia and China and the BRICS nations particularly. Obviously, there's a lot of countries who have suffered under the U.S. economic sanctions um, who are pushing to join or have been accepted into BRICS. So obviously now we're, I think there's at least 15, isn't there, countries involved with the BRICS kind of wave that's coming What's your view on how it's going to position us in the West? In my eyes, I think it leaves us massively vulnerable if there's a new economy where they can selectively allow us to go in and out um, or chop us off uh, completely uh, on that side. Do you share that kind of view or do you have a different view on that? No, I, I do. And I believe that the, the, this is fait accompli. And what I mean by that is if you think about the Western world, you know, the North America and Western Europe, you know, England, Britain, that, that part of the world, we have, for the most part, hollowed our nations and our, our, our continents out of manufacturing and production. We're service economies. We're consumer economy. And we don't make anything. And we're not self-reliant. And we're dependent on the rest of the world. Okay, that's that's data point A. 
Data point B is if 85% of the world's population representing 70 or 75% and that number is growing, produce everything, guess who gets to determine the form of payment that the consumer nations pay with if they need computer chips or blue jeans or vaccines or wheat or precious minerals or whatever it is. We have no standing anymore. Western Europe and, and, and North America, the United States, we've hollowed out under the bullshit orthodoxy of climate science. Everything has gone offshore. We can't produce anything. So if the rest of the world goes, we don't take American Express, guess what? We can't pay with the U.S. dollar anymore unless the U.S. dollar is a gold-backed sound money system where there's actual collateral. Right now, the whole world knows that the $32 trillion plus, 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 we are a bankrupt nation, and our paper called the dollar isn't worth toilet paper. So we have no ability to consume like we've consumed in the past unless we reorganize and get our stuff together, unless the dollar goes back to an asset-centric, an asset-backed digital currency where there's ample gold and ample silver, and we've somehow or another been able to restructure. I, I believe it's going to work this way. First, there has to be a gold and silver revaluation because they've been depressed for 100 years. The price of gold and silver has been artificially suppressed through the financialization of the markets the world over. So let's start there. Let's assume that the reason people are buying all this gold and silver is because they get tipped off and they know that there's going to be reevaluation. Let's say gold goes to, to $17,000 and silver goes to 800 bucks. Okay, what, let's just pick some numbers. Okay, now the banks have all these assets. The countries and treasuries have all these assets. And there's a new base level of which that new wealth, the new value of gold and silver can be used to collateralize the, the, the nation's currencies. Okay, next, we have to then do a, currency revaluation. We have to, if we want to have a level playing field where the world can compete on a fair and level basis, we've got to reestablish the collateral pricing, gold and silver. And then we have to make sure that currencies aren't perverted and warped and twisted the world over like they are right now. Let me give you an example. Whenever America and the, 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 the bank decides it's time to go to war, they create a narrative, they sell it to the television set, we all get in our jets and we fly over and drop bombs and start a war, okay? But before we do that, part of the shock and awe strategy of war fighting is, you know, you're going to go into a nation and you're going to collapse the currency. First thing you're going to do is make the Iraqi dinar, it used to be that the exchange rate of an Iraqi dinar was $3 and 40 cents or $3.36 for every one American dollar. The Federal Reserve goes in and collapses the currency and makes it persona non grata. And today it's 0 0.00687 cents for an Iraqi dinar versus a U.S. dollar. Basically, they can't function in the world because their currency is not worth crap. It's a Zimbabwe dollar. But it was done because the war fighting machine wanted to go in and stop Iraq from trading oil with gold. They had to go in and make up a story on Saddam and go in and kill him and send the boys over to protect the hegemony of the king petrodollar. And so we got told a story 
by CNN and Bush and everybody else as to why we had to go over there. And the real issue was, is they were threatening the petrodollar. Okay. So we reset gold and silver. Then we have to level the playing field. If you own Iraqi dinar, for every one Iraqi dinar you own, when they reset it, it'll go to like $1,600. If you own a million, you're going to make a lot of money. You know, you're going to make a lot. If you own a million Iraqi dinar, you're going to make a lot of money. Okay. What so, about Hong? That there, that's another one. All, but there has to be a leveling of the playing field. If people truly understood what level playing field meant, to me, it means total respect and sovereignty within a constitutional-like bill of rights and a constitution that every nation in the world has to honor and everybody's going to be treated fairly. Everybody's going to compete on a level playing field. And if, let's say, six weeks or six months after the level playing field and the system resets, somebody decides to go to war, they're out. But they're out because they accepted the terms and the conditions of being in the new distributed ledger technology monetary system. If they decide to start cutting heads off of gay people and throwing them off buildings because they don't like their sexual preferences, guess what? They're out of the system because that was one of the terms and the conditions of be, of participating as a member in good standing in the system. If you start doing human rights violations and you want to interoperate with the rest of the world, guess what? You're out. You can't. But you self-ejected yourself. We didn't have to create the band and get the boys together in war and go over and, and bomb and invade and take over a nation because you've got a horseshit policy against gays. You ejected yourself by the consent that you signed, the agreement that you signed to be a, a member in good standing. And if you want to screw your entire nation over and all of your citizens by having discriminatory anti-human rights policies and kill people and, and do that kind of bullshit, you're out of the system and no one will be able to buy anything with you. You'll not be able to sell anything and your currency will be not, not exchangeable and you'll be on an island all by yourself. Enjoy yourself, assholes. That's the way it ought to work instead of having one big super cop military, you know, white hat group known as the American military flying around the world dropping bombs everywhere. So, if we have a level if we have a level playing field, nations are restored back with a good basis of gold and silver, their currencies are reestablished based on the GDP of their nation and their the number of people in their nation, the natural resources and, and, and value that they bring to the overall GDP of the world, and boom, everybody gets to compete compete on a fair and level playing field. Look, people don't naturally want to go to war. That is something that is foisted upon us, sold upon us. The, the, the fans of war are flamed through media and bankers. We're all indoctrinated to stare at the television. Say, I still remember hiding underneath my damn desk at seven years old because the Russians might come. You know, air raid drill. Everybody, kids, get underneath your desk. Such bullshit. It's such, just like the world today doesn't want Germany and Russia having any kind of positive relationship or economic trading of oil back and forth. They didn't want America and Russia to be friends because one had huge technology expertise and another one had vast resources. The central banks can't control strong, virulent, independent nations that don't need the central banking system in order to get along and go along and be prosperous. So they have to keep these big, strong nations apart from one another. And how do you divide and conquer? You make Russians bad and Americans good. 
the CCP is bad and the Americans are good. Iraq is bad. Americans are good. And it's all a narrative. It's all a damn narrative in order for them to keep control of the power system. And so you've got the city of London that runs all the money. You've got the military intelligence and the power, you know, in the Washington, D.C. And you've got the, the, the lawgivers and the, the, the faith community there in Vatican City. And there are your three tips of world power, the Vatican City, the city of London, and Washington, D.C. And they're the ones that are basically, you know, pushing all the buttons and, and training everybody and telling everybody what to think and how to believe and who to follow and who to worship and, and what it means to be a good Catholic or a good Christian or a good Brit or a good American. And uh, we all just say, okay, whatever y'all say, we'll just, we'll do it. Rob, what are your thoughts on Rushi Sunak? I... You think he's going to bring in that London is ready, you know, this kind of introduction, try to bring the CBDC, oh. digital pal, you know, all that stuff to the UK? My my default position is yes. My default position is one of distrust. And my default position with a, I've done only a very superficial amount of study. So I am by no means, you know, confident or an expert. And I'm not portraying myself to be, but his lineage, his his family money, you know, where his it's either his father or father-in-law that owns that sits on the board of the World Economic Forum, the multi-billionaire technology mogul would stand to gain fabulously if there was a CBD type, you know, centralized system that was run and operated by Klaus Schwab and the Rothschilds. Um, so his motives, his values, his his patriotism, if you will, or patriotic streak. I don't see it. To me, he looks like one of the guys, you know, in the frat. Um, but I promise you, I'm sure everybody on this call probably knows more about him and his background and whether he's a man that's to be trusted or not uh, far better than I do. Well, do you think we're going to see that economic, like, do we need to ha really wake people up by hurting them financially? Do you think that's one of the, because that's one of the theories that it really has to get that bad in order to wake everyone up? Yeah, I do believe it's going to get, you know, it's going to get hairy. And I, and I think as, as, you know, one of the, I believe that the Federal Reserve in the United States is being given the gray hat treatment a la Elon Musk. I believe that it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever with the economic weakness the world over for the Fed to continue to raise interest rates and hurt emerging countries and people that are dependent on dollars and people that have created their whole economies around being forced to have to own U.S. dollars. It's creating pain and chaos and economic stress both in the United States and the world over. And then here's the explanation as to why it's doing one of the things that it's doing uh, is it is forcing all of these Federal Reserve notes back into the United States. Why would they want to do that? Why would they want other nations to hurt, get rid of their dollars? And Because capital flows to the highest rate of return. If, the, if, if we're at five, five and a half, going to six or 7%, and that's by far the highest interest rates among any other nation in the world, guess what? All those Federal Reserve notes and all that dollar all that money is going to be coming flooding back right in the United States. 
what if they wanted that to happen? They wanted the dollar to go up right before they flushed the toilet and flushed all that fiat crap, poisoned Federal Reserve money and flushed it down the toilet because it was all concentrated. For the most part, the vast majority was concentrated, and they want to reset the system with U.S. dollars, not Federal Reserve notes. People don't even understand the basics. What is the difference? We're supposed to have a constitution where our treasury issues gold back or silver back dollars issued by our treasury, not a foreign-owned Federal Reserve that issues a debt note. We're supposed to have a U.S. treasury that issues a gold back dollar. Those are two completely different animals. So if we want to get rid of the Federal Reserve note system, these debt instruments with all this poison tip hair strings attached to it, wouldn't it be easier to get, you know, all of it in one place and then burn it up in a big bonfire? Or would you want to have to go and try to find it in 400 different places? So possibly my working theory is that they're forcing the consolidation of all of this trash cash into one place they can flush it down the toilet and boom, in no time, you know, issue. We, we probably won't even notice the difference in our day-to-day lives because all of a sudden we'll just go up and we'll log in our checking account and there will be dollars in it. See, 97% of all the money in the world today right now is digital. Today, last year. Right. Right. Only three, only three percent of the world that's the, the current the, of money exchanges hands is is physical. Ninety, it's already digital. The problem is, is it's a Federal Reserve note that's digital with all the IRS codes and tax codes and poison regulations that come with the central banking monopoly. But when we snap those cords, if we have quantum computers and smart people with technologies in places like Cheyenne Mountain, and they know how. They know that I normally have $24,318 in my checking account in Federal Reserve notes. Tomorrow, that could be $24,318 in U.S. Treasury, and I wouldn't know the difference. It'd spend the same way. My life wouldn't change. I'd wake up and brush my teeth and go to work, but I'd then be operating with U.S. dollars instead of Federal Reserve notes. So my point being is, as interest rates go up and housing prices go down and interest rates go up and people go bankrupt and stocks, bonds, and real estate drop because all of this calamity is happening, sometimes you have to break the fever in order to get the patient better, right? And it's always darkest before the dawn. So maybe, possibly, there's a strategy to get as much of the Federal Reserve system dollars out of the system, collapse the system, do the currency reset, do the currency revaluation, and voila, we're in a new world. We're in a new world without the central banker strings attached. Sure. Lynn, uh, did you want to ask a question? Oh, hi. Hi, yeah. Um, well, a couple of comments and observations. I think default of mistrust is just standard for everyone that's probably on this call and it's just a general consensus across the board. Um, we've seen the likes of Pilger leaving the BBC in the 80s. Um, I remember watching Ireland on the TV as a child. It's just there's mistrust bred through and I think those that are awake to it 
can see it so clearly, but there's so many people that are still asleep. It's actually pretty scary. And I, I, I do think that we're still being taken advantage of. And I do believe that there are. And I, I don't go down the route of thinking that everyone is in a, is a plant, especially on your, your channel, Jennifer, actually, because I do think there's been a couple of people on that are just on to cause trouble. Um, I've been on the channel for a couple of years, but I, I generally try to go down the route of trusting people. That's my default setting. But I think the world we're living in, it's just bonkers. I think we can all safely say it's bonkers. Um, so I think, I mean, the whole, one of the questions I would have for you actually is about the the, the the XRP price potentially being suppressed because of the affiliation with WEF. Um, I mean, I'm really, I'm ha I find it hard to, to, to kind of buy in that. And I have XRP, it's my, my biggest investment. So I do, I, I, I buy into Jennifer more than anything because and I see its association with um, WEF. And I've seen the, 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 um, the Twitter feeds where I can't remember the, um, one of the main kind of guys' names, but he says, look, we've kind of had to do it. And it's a bit like the economic hitman, isn't it? They're led into a position where they can't do anything but abide by the rules. So, I mean, like, who's going to come in and save us? We all need to stand up, don't we, really? It's just, like, can we trust that the price isn't going to be su suppressed? Are we going to be able to buy our ways, are, are we out of this together as a collective via Jennifer's um coal credit union like what is the cure here because something needs to bloody give enough is enough sorry so that was more than just a question so i'll, I'll just bow out so thank you for listening oh thank you Lynn. <laughs> rob cove credit is one of the is the is the name of this credit union project we uh are working on, Vicky's working on it with me, with um, my husband, I was telling you that we were writing code for on, on the XRPL, like a new way to bank. So, cause I, I, as I told you before the call, Rob, people are very concerned about the affiliation with XRP and the W Economic Forum, World Economic Forum. Uh, and so I, ex I mean, I try to explain it as like, look, they're the best of the technology and this kind of expose, you know, of t showing each, you know, agency uh, for what it really is, doesn't necessarily automatically equate that, you know, that this, this technology is, is evil like they are. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, Rob, do you, do you want to say something to that? Yeah, I, I, I do. And I think it's important to understand that, um, you know, for, first of all, you cannot influence an, an institution or an organization that you don't have access to. You cannot bring any influence to it. You know, so what does that mean? You can't, you can scream, bitch and moan and scream all we want about the government unless we get involved and get in, in there, we run for office and we take on a leadership position. We can't change things just by yelling at it. And you have to be able to influence it by gaining access to it. That being said, you know, we're never going to, we're never going to by military force invert 
the banking system at the World Economic Forum or the BIS. Any look at how America has been fallen. Okay, we have been infiltrated and invaded slowly over time. We're the most armed country in the world, but we've been taken over without a single shot being fired because it got infiltrated. But people had access to make that happen. I think if you think instead of saying CBDC, you say ABCD, asset-backed digital currencies, ABDC, say ABDC instead of CBDC. Because the central bankers have no interest in DLT and they have no interest in in letting there be interoperability. And they only want a ripple that they can absolutely have totalitarian control over. Unfortunately, the XRP doesn't work that way. It's The XRP ledger is held in trust as a public good that is free to use. It's got open access the world over. The code is open source. And again, it's held in trust at no cost for anyone in the world to use. And it's governed by the community. So the XRP ledger itself is not something that is nationally owned or corporately owned and can't be centralized and perverted by a bunch of bankers. That's that's number one to understand. Now, can people build side businesses and do things like Jennifer's doing with the XRP and do something that somebody, yes, but it requires consent between two parties. So if the central bank wants to come in and try to use the XRP ledger and try to use Ripple and XRP and, and force it down everybody's throat, they can't do it. We don't have to accept it. I'll go use silver. I'll go use gold. I'll go use Bitcoin. I'll get on a different blockchain. I'll go get on a different system. I'll barter, you know, I'll, 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 I'll use another type of, of, of di- unless they think they can shut down the internet, they can't stop digital assets and tokenization from happening. Now, that being said, <laughs> these guys may think they're, 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 you know, pride goeth before the fall. The central bankers may think, you know what, Ripple's the best. We don't, we, 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 we were always planning to use it. You know, we knew it was going to be a part of the thing, but we didn't think people would wake up. We were going to be able to pull a fast one over everybody. And we were going to own the CBD system and use XRP and, and continue our kingdom. Well, it's not working out that way. But the fact of the matter, the fact of the matter that it, that there's a relationship with Ripple and World Economic Forum, therefore you have to hate, hate them both, or you have to hate Ripple. No, it's like no. saying, I, I understand you weren't saying that, but the analogy no, I, I want wasn't to make saying is that. I definitely wasn't. But I think affiliation, it's just, you fly with the crows, you get shot with them. It's still very true. And like I, I heard what you said, and like I, I think you spoke so eloquently, and I, I've loved listening to you. So let me just say that first. Um, one of the things you mentioned um, was about the manipulation of the stock market. Now, in 2014, we've seen that happening in Scotland when the vote for independence mm-hmm. was happening. Mm-hmm. And I should say, for all my English. Um, colleagues on the call I am not for independence now I was then um, but nonetheless I've seen it as a a device to um, divide and conquer but nonetheless the point being the the pound was shadow lent against in 2014 at the point of the referendum to decrease the value to make it look as though um, if independence was won it would be the worst thing for the, the, the British economy, not just the Scottish economy, but the whole UK economy. 
So I know that the manipulation of the markets is very real. So what concerns me is, I mean, these trips to Antarctica and the like buddy buddies, you know, so like, what are these conversations that are happening? There should be complete transparency, and that's the world that we should live in. There should be complete transparency and accountability at every angle when it comes to our livelihoods and how we are living as sovereign beings. So I'm not, I just don't buy into this whole, oh, we're away to the other side of the world that you just can't access for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a lot of BS. So I'm sorry, there is just that doubt for those reasons, and I think it's valid. So thank you for listening again. There, there is a lot of BS, and we all have to put on our rubber boots and weed through it every single day. And thank God we have discernment. But the point we we we're all waking up at a different level, and we all have to use our mental muscle. And so many of us have been asleep for decades, and we don't know how to use it. We're out of shape. And discernment is—I mean, it's our greatest weapon. It's our greatest defense mechanism. And we have to question the motives and the authenticity of every single person. And and uh, it's it's a fascinating experience to have to go through. And I mean, we've all, you know, we've taken the red pill and you can never untake the red pill. You know, we all have it. We're all having brand new eyes and now we're questioning everything. And it's, it's just a fascinating world that we live in, but you know, we're either all, I believe that we are on the precipice of one of the greatest periods of time and freedom and revolution and the greatest transfer of wealth the world has ever experienced. And this entire matrix prison system is going to I implode is, is going to implode on itself the rest is just details hallelujah i agree with that i'm really positive that that's the, the, the course or trajectory that we're headed in so yeah thanks for answering Rob. yes ma'am i love i love your accent by the way oh thank you i'm so <laughs> glad you could understand me not many people can <laughs> well my, my 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 minister's irish he's he lived in ireland for 30 years so he's got a very similar accent okay that's, that's a celtic cousin of mine then tell him i said hi <laughs> okay i will <laughs> great oh look i i really appreciate this uh, conversation and we're kind of at time. Um, so I guess I just wanted to see if anybody wanted to ask another quick question. Now's your chance, but Rob, do you think we're going to see a settlement? I'll ask my question by the end of the month <laughs> with the SEC. I, that, that is the, the million dollar question. I, 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 I just, I just, all I know is the SEC is acting at the behest of the central bankers, and the, they're just an extension of the mafia, and they are slowing up Ripple. Um, I, it, it would be pure speculation. I, I would – the minute that there's a settlement in that regard, I believe, is the white flag for the central bankers uh, effectively. So – I don't know. They're really ready to wave the white flag just yet. That's just my my skepticism. Yeah, interesting. Well, listen, I I appreciate your your time and your perspective. Um, it's funny you said the government was infiltrated. I went on GB News, 
and told the nation that, you know, the UK government was infiltrated, you know, by parasites. And then I said to release the prime minister because, and you know, it's funny, they think I'm, they think I'm speaking metaphorically and I'm like, no, very serious, <laughs> very, <laughs> uh, quite literally, um, you know, release him wherever he oh. is on him. But, you know, this, this ah. is the, where we are learning how to develop that discernment. And, you know, you said something earlier that I just think is also really great where, you know, <laughs> the people didn't even want to cross the Red Sea. They didn't even know how to, you know, govern themselves. And I think every time we kind of, you know, keep uh, establishing our voices and, and strengthening our thicker skin and our resilience and our pushback, you know, we are learning, you know, as a collective, as people, how to kind of find our strength, you know, to set up and rebuild at, you know, once once this does kind of switch over, there will be that tipping point, that point of no return in every great story where, you know, we are at that point, but where it just crumbles and that, you know, the world was never, ever the same again. And I feel like we're kind of sometimes swimming in glue. You know, we get frustrated because it doesn't happen fast enough. And that's where, you know, this channel, and I like what you, you know, telling me earlier on your call, on the call with you, you know, about the grassroots stuff you do. Um, so on that note, you know, we just have to keep, you know, keep our, our spirits and uh, continue talking to each other and, you know, strengthening that armor so we are ready, you know, when whenever... <laughs> this whole, you know, charade, you know, kind of comes, you know, away and, and uh, you know, truth can just be, you know, just like you said, it, it just is. And then there's no more questioning and there's not all this kind of fight of in, inner uh, anxiety. So I think the standing still is what's hard for a lot of us. You know, I mean, I've wanted to grab the pitchforks many times. I don't like waiting, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Jennifer, let me let me leave it with hope for people. And I think this is it, it is so invigorating. If, if throughout history, three percent of the people have changed the world and there's a three percent rule, the elite military units the world over oftentimes have some kind of derivative of three or three percent or the tip of the sword. And how does that where does that come from? For, let me give an example. When 1776, when we were fighting the Redcoats and America wanted its independence, you know, there was a third of the people that wanted to stay with with the, with the king. A third of the people were neutral, didn't want to do anything. And a third of the people wanted their independence. But of the third that wanted their independence, only 10% of that third would actually pick up a rifle or pick up a, you know, a, join the military and actually take action. So 10% of a third is 3%. 3% of the people that actually decided to get involved changed the world and created America. So my point being is I don't want everybody to think, oh, my God, we got to get 80% of the people to all agree or we got to take a poll. Until we get a poll that says 75% of people want to end the, you know, the central bank, It's nothing's going to – no, that's not the way it works. There's a strong moral behind-the-scenes, non you know, publicity-seeking group of people that put their hands on a Bible and swore to God that there are certain unalienable rights and liberties we're all entitled to. They didn't swear an allegiance to a party or an institution or a bank. They swore an allegiance to God. And those people don't make it on television. They're not popular. They don't have a big following on social media. 
but they're going and doing what they know that they were called to do behind the scenes. If we know that's a truth, and we know that it only takes 3% of the 3% of real people getting involved, we outnumber these assholes. There's 8 billion people on the planet. And there's what, a million maybe that are screwing everything up for everybody. We outnumber them and they are panicked. And you can see the evidence of their panic with every stupid decision that comes every single day. They make a nonsensical, idiotic, fear-based decision designed to divide, deceive, and destroy, and dishearten, and take away our hope, and just distract people from the common sense people are waking up, and these idiots know they've lost control, and we outnumber them, and I do believe it's a very, it's, look, this is a fait accompli, we ought to all have hope. We have to hold the line at the bottom. We have to get involved in grassroots. While we're holding the line at the bottom, the Elon Musk of the world and the Federal Reserves and the Trumps and the White Hats and the Q forces and the BRICS nations and the exposure of all the criminality that's taking place in Ukraine is happening every day. If anybody wants to buy the narrative that Ukraine is the center of nobility and Russia's bad, they're not paying attention. <laughs> I mean, that is a shithole of bioweaponry, sex trafficking, money trafficking, drug trafficking, election engineering. There is so much evil that is being hidden in Ukraine that the narrative of we ought to all send our sons and daughters over there to protect that noble nation from big bad Russia, it's crap. I do believe that's the last major battlefield that is going to make everything fall the way that we need it to fall. But I don't want people to not have hope because it, there are the whole world is awake now. The whole world, every continent, every nation. Look, the CCP sucks. So does Washington, D.C. We got the Democrats and the Republicans and they suck. And the CCP sucks. And there's a, there's a shitty part of every government in every country. But the vast majority of people are good. The vast majority of people are waking up. And there is no way that we can stop what is happening and what's coming. There's just nothing can stop what is, what is happening. I love it. <laughs> My main name, this tit the title of the show, there's a shitty part in every government. Uh, but you're right. People are good. And I, I love this message. Thank you so much for speaking uh, to the channel. I've, I've given your Twitter following or your Twitter, Twitter handle, but where else can people find you, Rob? Uh, if you go to uh, uh, just cool.show, uh, K-U-W-L.show is, is my website. I just started a few months ago. Um, I'm also got a, and, and everything that I have, all my social media properties and research articles and writings and everything is, can be found there. Uh, I have, I also have a Substack which is linked there, but it's robcunningham.substack.com. And I think you've handed out my Twitter. So um, you can find me in one of those three places and go from there. Awesome. Well, I've shared your Substack a few times as you share it in the, uh, Team Apollo group, but I, I, I do appreciate 
um, your work and, and, you know, really do thank you for your voice. And I think many people here, um, you know, just appreciate hearing that, you know, this is all meant for a reason. <laughs> We're all going through this and we'll be better from the other side. No, do not panic. Um, and I think your message of hope really, really does resonate with the channel. So thank you, Rob. Thank you, everybody here. Uh, I think we'll wrap uh, for this evening. So check us out on Podbean, tell a friend. And uh, thank you all for a wonderful night. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. And thanks to everyone on the call. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.